mine now. You belong to me. Today we're going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Swing Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. And this is our leading women episode. We're talking about suffragette and on the basis of sex. After that, we're going to announce the theme for next week. And in the final section, you stitch up where you have to watch a terrible film. Well, us, it's pretty much become your section. That's <laughs> why I refer to it as your section. Garbage Bow Kids. That's what you had to watch. I mean, well, you chose to watch yeah. it, to be fair. I, f- I have a feeling you may have watched it. I saw Sarah do a post on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I may have or may not have been present in the room when she put it on. <laughs> uh, there may or may not have been some flat-packed furniture building going on while it was on. Aren't you both? <laughs> um, but that's stitch up. But that's ages away. Before we get to that part of the show, we have the first section, which we call "Anything Goes," and we just talk about whatever we want. I, w- I wanted to in the first part of the show. I wanted to address an error. Oh, um, that was made in the last episode. I think we've got to just address it head on. You know, it's I, I don't want to skirt around <laughs> it. It's in the last episode we said that a zucchini was a vegetable. Um, oh right. When it's is not, it a fruit? It's, a zucchini is a fruit. Is and it? Yes. Yes, it's a fruit. I googled it after a zucchini. You're not thinking of a cucumber. I'm not. Well, unless oh, Google's okay. confusing cucumber and zucchinis, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It could be the case. But according to Google, it's a fruit, and there's just us jollying on, going, "Oh, a zucchini is a fruit." What about other fruits? No, we don't know what we're talking about. We're not an authority on fruit and veg, and we shouldn't even shouldn't even be going down that <laughs> rabbit hole. It's. Uh, uh, so I thought it was important to just address it up top, you know, before we proceed any further. We apologise for that mistake. Yeah. Um, we've never made any other mistakes. Apologies to any zucchinis out there. We don't want to be <laughs> offensive to zucchinis. We want our zucchini audience no. to feel included and <laughs> part of the discussion. And the courgettes, like, not just the zucchinis. And the courgettes, and not the tomatoes, though. The tomatoes can can get fucked. They are banished from our little world. What we t- <laughs> I just wanted to address that up top, and then it's done now. It's out of the way. We can move on with our lives, and we've learnt something. Something else happens. You sent me a care package about a week ago. Ah, oh, yes. I woke up in the morning, and... There was a package and it was full of food and there was cheese crisps and honey soy chicken crisps and and my favourite uh, sweet Tim Tams. And Red Rock Delis. And Red Rock Delis crisps, they're good. Sorry, chips. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Chips. We should have done some snacks on this episode. We should have. Actually, fun fact. So Movie Drone... Uh, a couple of weeks ago on their podcast, they were talking about, I think it's like possibly Walker's crisps. The mm. use by day is always on a Saturday. And I was like, I wonder if that's legit, like with every uh, chip <laughs> packet. And I I went to the movies last night. Crisp. Uh, crisp, potato chip, whatever. Potato, potato. That's what I'm saying. Potato, potato. Um, and I looked, I looked at the packet and it was, Used by on a Saturday for Thin's crisps, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it, maybe it's a like a worldwide thing." Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look at all my crisps now. <laughs> get, bear with me. I'm going to look now. <laughs> Let's do it now. Fuck it. <laughs> oh, the info that we do on the Twin Picks Pod. Thanks for. Thanks for filling the audio there. I might get away with not having to edit that bit. Um, <laughs> crisps. Oh my god, you still got those? Right. Yeah. Crisps. Are you purposely quivering? <laughs> oh no. I've got crisps everywhere. Where do you put the date on your, your crisps? Oh, here we go. It's on the front. I've got it. Uh, 9th of May. Oh, let me see if that's 2016. Oh, shit. 2016? <laughs> that can't be right. Oh, oh. Interesting twist. We've, we've found an interesting <laughs> twist, haven't we? 
Because, Movie Drone, yes, you are correct. It seems that crisps go off on a Saturday. But in the Australian bit, it's a Sunday because of time travel. We have to narrow it down. So to what time do they go off? It must be... Yeah, when do these go off? These go off on the second of uh, May. Yeah, that's a week before the night. How interesting. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? What a... 17th of April. <laughs> I've got some Walker's KFC flavoured double crunch here. Um, I've got three bags of crisps open. I'm terrible. I like variety. What can I say? 17th of April. Oh, see, these are from the UK and, and that is a Saturday. Interesting. Interesting. What other crisps? What other crisps? <laughs> Look, movie giant, I realise we're stealing your bit here, but it is fascinating and we're elaborating on it. <laughs> how, did they, how did they genetically engineer potatoes to only go off on Saturdays? <laughs> they pick them on a Monday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, best before doesn't really mean that you can't eat them after that date, so... My rule of thumb is that if it if it ain't mouldy, then it's probably fine. Except for cheese. Cheese is, no cheese is fine even when it's mouldy. You can just cut off the mould. Yeah, exactly. It's the inner bits, all right. Just slice off, all, or sometimes you have to shave it. To be fair, sometimes you have to shave the cheese. But yeah, I mean, any other foods that we want to discuss? Capsicum. You were, that was <laughs> the word that you tried, <laughs> the word that you're trying to figure out the other week. That's it. A couple of weeks ago, we were well while we were discussing yeah. veg again. Um, I was trying to think of the name of a vegetable that you told me about. It had a very amusing name and I couldn't remember it. And then I think it was the next day. Just I just texted you the word capsicum. It was about a week after, I reckon. Was it? I was like, why was he messaging me capsicum? I think I was editing the episode and I was just listening to it. And then um, it popped in my head, capsicum. So to me, it was relevant and timely. And to you, you're like, what the fuck are you going on about? <laughs> Story of my life. How have you been, mate? How's your how's your new job going? Yeah, it's good. I've had a very good first week. We're in pre-production, which is always usually nice and chilled in a way. When you're in actual production shooting mode, then it gets a bit crazy. But it's been good. And um, there's a cinema literally five minutes drive from me um, at the Pentridge Prison so I went to watch Nomadland yesterday. Okay. Uh, sorry, but I, I want to hear about Nomadland, but I, I don't want to skip over <laughs> that. You just said that you went to a prison to see a film. Um, it's, it's no longer a prison, but right. it used to be a prison. And they've, uh, they've just put a movie cinema They've oh, okay. cinema. They've put a cinema in the middle of this in in the middle of this prison. It's a really nice architectural building. It's made of blue stone. Yeah. I'll take a photo and send it to you next time I go. But yeah, I watched Nomad Land yesterday and I absolutely loved it. Been meaning to watch this film for a while. I don't want to spoil it too much because I feel like it's relatively new. Yeah, don't don't spoil it for me. I mean, I guess for me, like a recommendation is enough, is it? I and I don't know, but I don't know anything about it really, um, at all. So is it? Is it? Uh, it's obviously oh, a new right. film. Is it American, Australian, British? It's American. Um, Francis McDormand. Oh, is the lead yep. in this film. It's pretty much about her journey that is shown over a year and she lives in her van and she travels all around the US and just her journey as well as meeting other people. It's really, it's kind of made me want to almost build a van and be able to work and travel at the same time. So you enjoyed it and you'd, you'd recommend it to me? 100%, yeah. I think it's going to come on Disney Plus in the UK in a couple months' time. So maybe maybe that's an option for you to see it that way. I guess it's because, you know, cinemas are not open for you guys. So Well, still, I haven't been to a cinema in a year and you've been to loads and you've been to a prison as well. This prison cinema, I like the sound of that. When I come over there, I'd like to go to this prison cinema. I'll take you there for sure. There's a, I'll, and not too far is the um, drive-in cinema. Yeah. So I can take you there if there's a good film on. Yeah. 
fucking sweet. Always wanted to do one of them too. I wonder if they'll become more common in the UK. But we've got a couple, but they're, they're quite expensive, and it's always like fucking grease or dirty yeah, dancing. Yeah, I know. Or the Goonies, and I, I don't mind the Goonies. I think it's a bit overrated, to be honest with you. But they're always the same, and I just don't want to see them films. If you're going to show Critters too, then I'm 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 all there. Because at at the Pentridge Prison, they do have an outdoor cinema, but they've been lately they've just mm. been showing old school films. And like if they had Nomadland outdoor cinema, I would pay the extra couple of dollars to you know there's there's a food stand that you can get some cocktails. Yeah. I would totally pay for that to watch a new movie, but you know, I think Moonlight Cinema does relatively new films and the odd, and then obviously a fair few classics as well. Oh, that's great! I mean, where I am, we have kind of one cinema, and it's a it's a big, it's a famous chain, and it's kind of they're all the same. Going to London, obviously, there's a lot more, a lot more interesting cinemas to go to, but driving still a, a very, very rare. And I don't have a car, so that could be a problem. I'll get a skateboard or something. Do they do skateboard drive-ins? Rock up on your bike. Yeah, rock up on your bike. Or what if you're if you're a transformer? Are they going to tell the transformer to go into the store, or are they going to serve I it? I mean, or, does, or are they going to say, or are they going to insist that it changes into a vehicle? If you're a transformer, you could just fucking walk over the fence and. If you're a transformer, <laughs> just take the fucking nuggets. Yeah, no one's going to stop you. <laughs> Who's going to stop you? What's Boris going to do? Introduce some fucking legislation in three months. <laughs> films. Have you got anything else you want to talk about before we move on to no, some films? Let's let's talk about TV shows and films, I reckon. Did you watch Greenland yet? I did. Yeah, we can discuss this. What did you think of it? Did you did you watch it with your mate or did you watch it on your own? Yeah, I watched it with my mate a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, it was good. For a Jared Butler film, it was, I was... I was quite satisfied with it because I know I feel like the Olympus ones, I haven't been quite a fan of them, so I just haven't bothered. But, yeah, mm. this film was quite good action-wise and the storyline and everything. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I enjoy Olympus Has Fallen and Angel Has Fallen. London Has Fallen is utter dog shit. But um, I don't mind them, as, but they are silly action films. And I was expecting this to be a bit of a silly disaster movie, a bit like Geostorm, Day After Tomorrow, that sort of thing. I'm not a huge fan of those sorts of films. So I was reluctant to put it on. But I'm glad that I did because it was much more dramatic than I was expecting. Um, it was more about the family. And I liked that. I thought that was much more enjoyable than just some explosions happening or you know pieces of california falling into the sea i thought it was a bit a lot more interesting and engaging but it did you know having said that it did have little pieces where i was really impressed by the scale like the the, the part uh, i'm not going to spoil it but there's a certain part at an airport oh yeah and i thought that was i thought shit the bed how many extras have you got in this scene it was a big it was mm. a big scene well i've got loads of films here that i have watched over the last few weeks i'm up to 60 odd now i think on my total for the year let's burn through a couple of them lords of salem rob zombie film better than i expected not a huge fan of rob zombie stuff usually but i thought it was pretty good hmm. i have decided that i need to embark on a scott adkins education because there's loads of his stuff that I haven't seen. So I watched a film of his called Close Range, but it's not very good. Oh, I was going to say never heard of it. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. I, Scott Atkins is good at his action stuff. Um, I think that's kind of probably pretty consistent throughout his work, as I shall find out as I embark on my Atkins journey. Oh, ah, the Atkins diet. <laughs> um, And then... And then I watched a film called Thank You for Smoking, which is very good. So Aaron Eckhart plays like a lobbyist for a tobacco company, and it's very satirical, and the performances are really, really good in it. Yeah, I, I recommend Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. I, I think you might get something out of that. That's, that. that's quite good. What platform was it on? Oh, that was on the Star app, I think. Oh. I think it was the first one I watched on Star, actually. Oh, I watched I watched the last Die Hard film. 
which I'd never seen before. A good day to die hard, but that was on the Star app. Worth it or not really? Nah, rubbish. <laughs> I watched Stanford Prison Experiment. That was interesting. And then after that, I watched The Experiment and both are kind of based on a documentary that came out, I think in 2000, certainly early 2000s, possibly a German documentary about the Stanford Prison Experiment. Step Brothers managed to get some Will Ferrell in my eyeballs. Near Dark enjoyed that one that's an old old film about vampires from the 80s which i've never seen it's just one that's passed me by for some reason and it's one of sarah's favorites since she introduced me to it and that was really good so that was an evening well spent and then after that we watched a new film called possessor which was very very strange indeed but good or not good it's good, but I can't I can't say I can really recommend it because I did get to the end of the film and, and I was kind of like, but why? Okay. I, I, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I, I think I gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd. That's not too um, bad. It's, it's possible that there's some stuff in it that I missed and I need to watch it again because it is quite simple in terms of the themes of the film. But it's a, just a very, it's a very sci-fi type story. And some of the issues I had was just like, well, what's happening in this bit? And I had to think too much about how and why things happened the way that they did rather than just absorbing it as a thing. Fair enough. What have you been watching, mate? You mentioned TV shows. Yes. Yes, I watched a TV show called Why Women Kill, which is on SBS On Demand here. And it's an anthology. These are three different couples that have lived in this house over three different decades so like a 1950s couple an 80s couple and then a present day and just seeing how their lives are different like uh, gender issues within those years as well and just um, a few situations with their partners what they would want to do the to them based on certain things that are happening in their lives um, but yeah, it was a bit of fun. Yeah, Lucy Lou's in it. It was quite good. I I would recommend it. What was that called again? Why Women Kill. And apparently they're going to do a second season, which I don't know how they would do that. I don't know if they'll use the same cast or if it'll be a completely different new freeze scenarios. Because I kind of finished this every story by the end of the season. Another TV show that I just stumbled across on Amazon Prime was Soulmates. It's from the same writers as Black Mirror. And it's kind of similar to those episodes. Yeah. It's about this new technology that somehow figures out your actual soulmate. And it's a six-part series and every episode is slightly different and really great cast throughout each episode as well. Um, I'll have to check that out after we've yeah. recorded. I really like Black Mirror. And actually, it sounds like one of the Black Mirror episodes, as you was describing it, there was like an app for the phone and spoilers for that episode, but like two people would seemingly met and they were going through meeting people and breaking up with them. But it was all happening in an app. It was a dating app that was just testing out people's compatibility. Oh, is that like play the DJ? Hang the DJ. Oh, this sounds really interesting, mate. I, I can't wait. Let's wrap this episode up so I can go and watch it. Uh, okay. You asked me what I was doing my Saturday earlier, and I was I was going to do some gaming. But now I'm going to watch Soulmates instead. Nice. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Some movies that I've watched over the past week. I care a lot. Yeah, it recently came out on Amazon Prime with Rosamund Pike. Um, and she's like a, uh, a legal guardian, I think is the term. So if you are an individual that you know, you're old, old individual and you can't take care of yourself and there's no one else to uh, take care of you, then the government can have this, this person to come in and you know sign off on any sort of thing and you you have to go into a nursing home they can't take care of anything but she's like a bit of a fraud and just does it just to take the money um and this one individual that she takes in has a shitload of money but her she has a secret son and he's been trying to get in contact with his mum and is like what the fuck's going on so 
he seeks revenge on Rosamund Pike's character. And I'll I'll leave it there. But it was it's a bit of fun. It was she's fucking evil. Like uh what was the other movie? Gone Girl. Like she plays that psychopath really well. I watch Ready or Not, which is a lot of fun. It's batshit, isn't it? It's crazy. The fucking ending is brilliant. <laughs> It's insane, isn't it? Don't don't spoil it because it's not one of our featured films. But oh wait, it is oh wait! Crazy, <laughs> it is nuts. Yeah, and yeah. Samara Weaving is is fantastic in it. Um, well, she, she's in. Is it the Babysitter? Is that what it's called? Yeah, and it's kind of similar in a way of like funny shit that happens in that film. In terms of like extreme kind of cartoonish sort of violence, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. She's also in a film called Guns Akimbo, where Daniel Radcliffe gets some guns nailed to his hands. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched that yet. Um, and the last film I'm going to discuss is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, brilliant. You watch this. I, I'm, I really want to watch this. Oh, my God. So good. The director, Celine Schwama. I, I clearly said that wrong, but she's fantastic. My Life as a Zucchini, she wrote that film and I, I watched Tomboy last year and I quite liked that film. So she's only done a couple of films. I think she, a title of six or seven films, including shorts, um, director-wise. But, yeah, it's really good, mate. You have to watch it. It's one that's been on my radar for quite a while. And I need to get it watched. But where is it available? And too many films. That's that's about it. Alrighty, let's move on to section two then, where we discuss our main films for the, the topic. The topic this week is leading women, as we've discussed. We'll be chatting about suffragette and on the basis of sex. But before we get onto that part, because you chose the topic, you've been tasked with a little uh, topic intro, which you've done. Well, I hope you've done it anyway. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting in silence for about yeah. 20 minutes. I, I decided to do a little quiz, which is a total of five questions. Okay. Question number one. Julia Gillard became Australia's Prime Minister in 2010. Which of the countries has not had a female Prime Minister? Poland, Jamaica, Sweden, or Pakistan? Um, I've got no idea, so I'm going to guess and I'm going to say Poland. Incorrect. It was Sweden. Okay. What are you playing at, Sweden? But Sweden has had the highest proportion of women in parliament. All right. Next question. Suffragettes is about the UK women fighting for their rights to vote. List which countries were allowed to vote first. So have you got a pen? <laughs> All right. France, Russia, India, New Zealand, and Brazil. So, in 1893, New Zealand yes. introduced the vote. Oh, that's Zealand. cheeky. In 1917, it was Russia. <laughs> in 1932, it was Brazil. In 1944, it was France. In 1949, it was India. To be fair, I did watch the same film as you. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, New Zealand New Zealand got the vote before the UK. The UK, when was that? 1970? Yeah. It was 1918, wasn't it? 18. Yeah, it was, it was very heavily caveated as well, I think, at the early stages. Question number three. In 2019 was the year of the highest percentage for a woman, such women, being a protagonist on the big screen. What was that percentage? 38, 40, 43, or 45? 2019? Yep. Um, listen, I'm going to be, I'm going to answer cynically here and hope that I am wrong, but I'm going to say 38%, the lowest one that you said. It was 40%. Well, I was only 2% out. It's not that much different. Okay. Incorrect. These are quite difficult, mate. Are you getting me back um, for the last time because you didn't get a stitch-up advantage? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I should have said, if uh, if you don't get all five correct, then I don't have to watch the stitch-up. You could have done, but you didn't. So I didn't. 
All right, next question. Which producer went to court to defend her case that the film rating on the film she produced to be changed from an R-rated film to a PG-rated film? Was it Reese Witherspoon? Was it Tina Fey, Kate Blanchett, or Rebel Wilson? Am I allowed to know the name of the film? Mm, that will spoil it. R right into PG. And what were the options again? Reese Witherspoon, Tina Fey, Kate Blanchett, and Rebel Wilson. I thought this was relatively easy, to be fair. It's easy if you know it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 my, my gut feeling is Reese Witherspoon. Incorrect. Ah. It's Rebel Wilson. She studied okay. law. She's got a law degree. All right. It was for uh, The Hustle. She compared it to Anchorman, which I think in Hus- The Hustle, there was only five inappropriate words towards, I think, male anatomy, where on Anchorman there was like over 20 and even even more. And it was so funny. If you watch, you should watch Graham Norton's interview about it. It's it's quite hilarious. With, with Rebel Wilson. What she had to say in um in court. Yeah. Okay, I'll check it out, mate. Another one. Stop giving me stuff to watch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and the last question. Which leading woman who has created roles for women for female dominant dramas, as well as leaving her mark with equal pay rights at HBO? Was it Emma Watson? Was it Reese Witherspoon? I think you know this already. Or was it Patricia Arquette? I think you just gave me a little clue. Had you not given me that clue, I may have said Patricia Arquette, but I think I'm going to go for Reese Witherspoon. Correct. <laughs> Yay. All right. Thanks for that quiz, mate. I got right. two out of five correct, which is rubbish. It's 40%. Rubbish. Give me some easier questions next time because I'm not that bright. I need, I need to be educated. Speaking of being educated, um, let's move on to our first film, which I think we should start with Suffragette uh, for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that it's the first film that takes place chronologically out of the two films we watched. Yeah. And the other reason is that uh, last time when we did our picks, you picked this and I completely made an idiot of myself and mispronounced it. Suffragettes, I think I kept calling it Suffragettes. And I was thinking of that Bruce Willis film, I think. And I'll be honest with you, I've never heard the word suffragette before. Mm. And I told Sarah that I had never heard the word suffragette. And she said, yeah, your school might have failed you there. (laughs) And she's not wrong. I just feel like it's a pretty basic thing that I should be aware of. Um, And now I am. So done. That's my bit done. So let's, let's talk about the actual film then. So it came out in 2015. It was directed by Sarah Gavron. It's 106 minutes long and the tagline on Letterbox reads, Mothers, Daughters, Rebels. The synopsis reads, based on true events about the foot soldiers of the early feminist movement who were forced underground to evade the state. The budget was 14 million. The worldwide box office was 34 million, 2.4 times its production budget. And it stars Kerry Mulligan as Maud Watts, Helena Bonham Carter as Edith Ellen, Ben Whishaw as Sonny Watts, Brendan Gleeson as Inspector Arthur Steed. Yeah, it takes place in, in 1912, and we're following Kerry Mulligan's character, Maud Watts. From what I could find out, Maud Watts was not a real person, not a real yeah. character, but some of the stuff that she did, or that happened to her, like the being fed through the nose in the prison, those oh. things did happen crazy probably not that uncommon as well but not to that Mm. character actually an article that i found that happened to emily wilde in davidson we're following maud watts and it's kind of about her journey from being abused at work and kind of disregarded and being made to feel like you you have no significance all of that stuff kind of leads her to this path with the suffragette movement and Helena Bonham Carter plays like a pharmacist and she kind of gets her in and things slowly start to escalate more and more. And yeah, it's, I would say that the thing that I took away from this film more than anything is just the me learning something. I thought it was 
I thought it was a pretty good film. Like, if you take that away from it, I thought it was pretty good. Mm. Not something I would probably watch an awful lot. Now that I'm aware of the story, I would sooner just look up documentaries and that sort of thing on YouTube rather than revisit this film. But it's a really excellent entry piece if you're not aware of any of this stuff. Yeah. And also Maud, she's she's married and she's got a... A uh, young uh, little boy, I forgot what his name was. Trevor, I think it was Trevor. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. And um, because she, her husband wasn't didn't approve of her, you know, going to these rallies, and she would she would have to lie to him as well, yeah. because you know it it kind of brought shame if you were if you were protesting for this right to vote, and then when. She got arrested, I think, the second time, you know, the police just, like, dropped her off at her doorstep and he completely fucking lost his shit. And I think he also kicked her out. And um, she went to go visit her son on his birthday and because her husband couldn't keep up with paying for, I think, paying for the daycare, um, they ended up just not having enough money in general just to be able to feed him, that they um, put him to adoption and in that time, you had no right. The woman didn't have any right yeah. regarding that, which is crazy. It's it's insane. Absolutely fucking mental. Yeah, I, I I thought that that was a really important part of the film, actually, as well. Ben Whishaw, who I think he's Paddington, isn't he? I think he does the voice for Paddington, and he's also the tech guy in the new Bond films. I quite like Ben Whishaw. Yeah. I think he's quite good. Um. And I thought he did really well here. I thought he did well to to portray the dude who it's I would say it's very reductive to call him bad because everybody else around him was just awful. And yeah, he, he, he didn't do great things. He was, he did some really dickish things, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I felt like he's, he portrayed that character in a more complex way than a straightforward, this man is bad, therefore he is doing bad things. I felt that mm. kind of struggle, I guess. Yeah. Kerry Mulligan absolutely smashed it again. Some good performances all around. Meryl Streep, uh, I mean, she's only in it for, for a minute. She comes in, she does that that speech as Emmeline Pankhurst. But I guess they needed a big name because it's a big figure in history. So they needed someone so that you go, oh, Meryl Streep, this must be fucking important. Uh, and it was. And she she absolutely nailed it. I wonder if she just came in and just nailed it first yeah. take. She, was that <laughs> much of a pro, I'm sure she, she gets really nervous, actually, doing doing films, even like... Does she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her appearance was very, very impactful, as it should have been, as it needed to be. And just all round, I think the cast was great. I think it was a pretty... In terms of how it was structured, it was pretty straightforward. But I don't, I don't fault it for that. I think it probably needed to be quite a straightforward, told story, narratively speaking. Um, and again, like yeah. I made a point about Ben Whishaw showing a, a, the complexities of character, I would echo that sentiment for Brendan Gleeson's character, Steed, um, and he kind of makes some poor decisions and enforces some bad um, ideas and toxic principles. But I can see that underneath it, he's not that comfortable with it. And I guess it just boils down to these these people should have just been more vocal and gone against the grain a bit more, just had some more balls. Yeah. I, I wasn't aware of the, the final sacrifice scene. Yeah. What, what did you think of it? Well, I mean, I was very surprised because yeah. they go to the Epsom Derby horse race in 1913 where the king is racing a horse and Emily Wilding Davidson steps out in front of a horse and she dies and she became a martyr for the movement. And I guess she must've known that that's what she was doing because I didn't know anything about it. I guess if you are familiar with that history, I imagine that as soon as you see where they are, the location of the horse race setting, you probably know what's kind of going to happen. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. So for me, I was just like, fuck. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I went back on YouTube and I watched the real footage. Oh, shit. I watched the, the real footage, which is pretty much shot for shot. Yeah. Like the way it was done, um, only, you know, obviously it's in black and white and 
oldie looking, I think is a technical term. What did you think? What What are you going to give it? Yeah, just to echo what I said before, really, really liked it. Very good entry pace for me personally to explore more about what happened during that time. Complex characters, narratively speaking, pretty straightforward. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 because because of the content and it was fascinating um fascinating and disturbing mate it's an eight what are you gonna give it mate i'm also gonna give it an eight out of ten this is my second time watching this film and it's Mm. still an incredible film in my eyes and i'm glad that you you chose this film to be fair and both of our films this week are based on true stories. Yeah, they are. Segway, I think they call that a Segway. Our next film, On the Basis of Sex, is all about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, On the Basis of Sex, bit newer, came out in 2018. It was directed by Mimi Leader. The tagline is, Her Story Made History, and the synopsis reads, Young lawyer Ruth Bader Ginsburg teams with her husband, Marty, to bring a groundbreaking case before the US Court of Appeals and overturn a century of sex discrimination. And it stars Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Army Hammer as Martin Ginsburg, and Justin Theroux as Mel Wolf. It's about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and, and the film kind of starts with her as a young lawyer uh, and a young mother and a young student at Harvard. And again, you sort of see the everyday kind of dismissals of the male characters around her. It turns out that her husband marty has cancer and she has to make certain sacrifices to go to his lectures and take notes for him and raise a family i think i heard somewhere that she goes to bed at 4am yeah she literally just had she used to have like two hours sleep and then start her her day again (sighs) fucking insane yeah i mean what a what an inspiration what an inspiration um ginsburg was because she's not with us anymore is she she um she died no, last she year. She recently passed away. Yeah. Again, I thought that this was a pretty straightforward told story, but there were some one or two nice bits of flair in there. I really liked the opening scene where it's just a sea of men in grey suits and then Ruth Ginsburg's character, Felicity Jones, appears in a sea of grey suits. And I like that. That was a very good representation of, oh, Ruth's here now. Get your dreary oil suits out of the way because we're going to get some shit done. And I really liked that. I thought that was a really good way of setting up the film. Told me exactly what I needed to know about the character, about the film that I was about to watch. And I thought, great. But after that, and for about the first hour, I must admit, as a film, it kind of dragged for me a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, up until the point where they started dealing with the the main part of the story. I get why they had the first hour. They were introducing the character and some of her struggles. And, you know, you see her from, what was it, the late 50s up until the 70s. And they do the whole biopic songs of the the decade type thing. I mean, Scorsese is is the king of that. And Mm. it's, it's very... It's very common in his biopics, and I always notice it. I'm just like, oh, this is the 70s bit, is it? And it's just a bit, uh, I find it a bit lazy. But that's just a personal gripe. But it got a lot more interesting for me in the second half where we got into the meat of the story where she takes on the sex discrimination case against a dude. Yeah. And that was kind of her angle. That was her way of yeah making the system work for her intention which was to show that there is sex discrimination in law and it's very important the the language that you use. And she fought to get some of that language changed. I thought Felicity Jones was very good. I thought obviously we we, we saw some complexities there. She's a theme through both of the films is sacrifice, I thought. And also, like, you know, she, she went to her classes plus Marty's classes and because Marty was a year or two ahead and he got uh, into a law firm in New York and she wanted to get an uh, easy transfer from Harvard to Columbia and um, the board were just assholes and they're like, no, that's not possible, purely because she was a female. Um, And she just redid her full law degree in Columbia. And then after that, after her getting her degree, no law firm wanted to hire her purely because she was female. 
and that led her to be just a professor teaching uh, teaching law students about the law and her specialty ended up being law about sex. And then, yeah, as as you said before, she ends up taking on a case that is based on discrimination on a male because if it was based on a female, it would have been disregarded, to be fair. It's just yeah. insane. It's It was an impediment to be a female. I find that crazy. You know, if I was if I was in her generation, I wouldn't be able to do half the things that I could possibly do today. Yeah, I mean, fucking hell, what were we playing at? I, I don't want this to be some sort of political podcast where we just say how shit <laughs> it is. Yeah, and yeah. get too political and stuff. But I think we're, we're doing this subject and, and both of our films are very important female stories. Maybe maybe the most important Um I don't know. There's, I dare say, a shitload of other stories that I'm not aware of that I need to go and familiarise myself with. But I feel like in this episode, we had to touch on some of those issues. And I mean, it goes without saying, but it's just fucking nuts, isn't it? Mm. It's just crazy. Just, It's just, we're all just on this planet. We're all on this rock and bit of dirt together. And it's like, just fucking get on with your own life. Stop worrying about what other people are doing everyone's just trying to get through it as best they can let's just try and enjoy it as much as possible so why would you a bring pain and misery and suffering to other people and b not also realize that in doing that you're going to bring more pain and misery and suffering to yourself you're just making everything more shit for everybody it's crazy it just doesn't make any sense does it no anyway Back to the movie. <laughs> Back to the movie. Interesting movies, mate. Interesting movies. Uh, I think I've described my favourite scene at the start. I get, uh, my favourite segment was was the law case when they get into the, the law, the, the lawry courtroom stuff, and yeah. Felicity Jones is nailing her final speech. But also, like I mentioned, the very first scene they loop back to that at the end with Felicity Jones kind of walking around Washington. And then they cut to the real Ruth Ginsburg because this was shot right. before she passed away. So they're able to get the real, real roof in. We call mm. her real roof. RBG. Um, yeah. And she was wearing the the blue suit and I thought that was a nice, a nice touch. Yeah. RB, RBG. Yeah. Did you watch that documentary on Netflix? I did. I did. She's like, she's fucking awesome. I, and halfway halfway through this film, I was like, oh, my God, I know who this is. I know who this film's about. And then I got goosebumps right at the end when she actually appeared. Yeah. I've watched a few interviews with her as well, and it feels like they had a really good marriage as well. Yeah. It seems like he had a really great sense of humour, and it feels like Ruth Ginsburg had less of a sense of humour. She was very reserved, yeah. Yeah, very res- reserved but direct. You know, she didn't fuck about. She she yeah. she got in and she she made her point and she got the fuck out of there. And she was very efficient in her communication methods. I really like on RGB there was um there was an interview with her and Marty and um I can't remember the exact question, but it was like something on the lines of like, have you ever given Ruth advice regarding law? And he goes, well, it's just like Ruth giving me advice of like making a meal and then me also making advice regarding, you know, work. And it was, and the audience just laughed. And Ruth apparently is really a terrible cough. Marty uh, yeah. can cook really well. <laughs> they had their uh, kids on that documentary, didn't they? And they were saying how... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, she was probably too freaking busy, you yeah. know, working hard and studying. Yeah. She had shit to get on with. She had fucking a world to shape and, and legislation to change. And she did that. It's fucking great. It's great. Very inspiring. Yeah. One thing I'll I'll finish off with, just I guess like with the court case, so they had, I think, do they have half an hour to, to plead their case, mm. uh, both 
both sides got to plead their case. So Marty spoke for like about 15 minutes and then it was Ruth's turn. And the judges were being, I guess, quite forward with her, but also in a way being quite rude. And it really pissed me off being a female. Um, But she nailed it in the end. Um, She did. Because apparently in the law... Is that the right term? That there's no, there's no word. Woman is not in. Oh, what is what, what? What would you call the term? Oh, I know what you mean. The um, yeah, the American bit of paper that they all love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of shit you get on the Twin Peaks podcast. That you get an education. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're referring yeah. to. The the thing. Yeah. God, we're awful. The rules, the rules. The rules. The law, the law. The law paper. The law, the law paper. The word woman is not written. And Ruth said, but neither is freedom. And that's how she finished off. Such a well-made point. Yeah. I, something I didn't care for, it was sort of an afterthought really, because I don't think it was real. And I, I, when I found out it wasn't real, kind of lessened the impact of it for me so they show Ruth as being quite nervous and like knocking things off of the table when she's being asked to give a speech and oh by the way going back to the start of the film when she first goes to Harvard the, the dean stands up and goes oh let now all of you women are going to stand up and each in turn tell me and explain to me yeah. why you have a place in Harvard over a man this spot could have been taken by a man please explain yourself and I was like fuck off mate what are, you, what are you going about? And also in that scene, I noticed that all of the staff, all of the help were people of colour as well. So that was very telling, that, that scene. Right. And yeah, awful. I, like, I went off on a bit of, bit of a tangent with, with, with that one um, and I forgot what I was actually going to talk about. Were you saying that that, that, um, that scene wasn't real? I, that scene was real. I've heard Ruth Ginsburg describe that particular scene as she had to literally explain why she had that mm. spot over a man. That's real. But what I don't think is real is the, the way that the film tried to show her being a nervous human, like uh, knocking cutlery right. off the table or when she made the speech at the end, like the mic went, there was some feedback on the mic and it looked like she was nervous and yeah. struggling. I'm pretty sure that I read that that wasn't real. And I just didn't, it didn't endear me to the character anymore. I would have been much happier with a straight telling, or, you know, or, or even change things if you like, but don't, I don't just don't think that was necessary. Uh, it would have been as enjoyable, if not more so to just, have her go in there and fucking nail it and be confident as fuck. But what do I know about storytelling? Again. Um, I think the one scene at the end that I didn't particularly like, like her and Marty having that intimate, you know, yes, we did it. Like I was just like, oh, it's a bit bit corny, like her to kiss her husband like that. Look, again, another really important story. Um, I didn't as a viewer, enjoy it as much as Suffragette. I thought Suffragette was the stronger film. Agree. I thought it was fine. I thought it was pretty good in places. Some good performances. Felicity Jones nailed it. Justin Theroux, I thought, was brilliant as well. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Also giving it a 7 out of 10. I'm not going to waffle on. Alrighty, so if we're all done with our two films then, all we need to do is announce the theme for the next episode. And it's my choice. It's back to me, as you chose leading woman as a thing. Back to me. I'm choosing office-based movies. Hmm. Any movies that take place primarily in an office. Again, I've got a letterbox going. Not as many films in this genre as there there would be in in leading woman, for example, or post-apocalyptic. Nowhere near. There are not that many. But we'll talk (laughs) about that more in the next episode next week. So tune in to hear our picks for office-based movies. Stitch up. It's your turn again. Garbage Pal Kids was was the film that you chose for me, but you opted to watch it. It was you did this on, by choice. You did this on purpose. What were you thinking? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I what I was thinking. <laughs> I'd watched um, what was it? Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah, I watched oh, that, that when it, I was yeah. a teenager, and I thought it was alright back in the day. I mean, I probably watch it now, and I was like, oh, this is a load of rubbish. But mm. out of the two. For some reason, I thought Garbage Pail Kids was a much better option. 
but yeah, Scarbage Pail Kids came out in 1987. Uh, the tagline is, it doesn't get any grosser than this. And the synopsis is, seven disgusting kids, but never less yeah. of interesting personalities, are being made of a green mud coming out of a garbage can. Once alive, the master gives them rules to obey, although they think that life is funnier without following stupid regulations like no television or no candy. Naturally, this will cause some conflicts. Naturally. Naturally. And apparently, did you watch this film as well, Dan? How did you know? So it was a, it was a well-planned stitch-up, I think, because you got to watch it at the same time as I. Yeah, I watched it on a Saturday because, you see, um, Sarah owns this. Sarah paid money for this for this film. She bought it on purpose. <laughs> she like went to her website and everything, and then she, she hovered over the order now button. She clicked it, and then it got delivered to her house. All intentional. Um, so we, one Saturday afternoon, we um, sat down to watch Garbage Pail Kids, and we built some flat-packed furniture, which went horribly, but I won't go into that. So, yeah, so I had a, a doubly bad afternoon with watching Garbage Pail Kids and flat-packed furniture. I don't know which one I preferred, mate, but uh, maybe you can tell me your thoughts on it and see if I can <laughs> get some sort of therapy or something. I don't know. might have be a cathartic experience. Mm. But yeah, this this film was very bizarre. So it's about this young boy named Dodger and uh, he gets picked on by Juice and a couple of his mates and he has a crush on one of the girls named Tangerine. The first scene is of him getting bullied by Juice and his mates and he gets thrown, I think he gets thrown in some water and he, he smells horrible. And then he goes to... Um, Captain Manzini, who owns this kind of like a charity, is it a charity shop? Yeah, like a kind thrift shop. Like, isn't it? And antiques, he's got antiques. And there's, there's one particular bin that he has been told not to open. And, oh, that's right, I think Juice comes into the shop and causes some havoc and it it tips over and then all of a sudden this red, uh, this red slime, this green slime comes out and then these seven characters come out and they've got their own little quirks and one's an alligator ellie the alligator one's called windy yeah windy winston messy tessie and nate nerd foul phil oh valerie vomit yeah they're weird little things aren't they so weird but they're quite talented they know how to sew really well and tangerine she wants to get into fashion and um she she sees this awesome jacket that he's got on it on him and he's like oh yeah i made it but really the garbage pal kids made it and then the other thing is the garbage pal kids they want to see where their friends have gone and there's some ugly prison it was really weird there was like a a, a hairy guy and a a funny clown and it was really really random yeah it was quite bizarre mate the alligator had a toe fetish for some reason and there was he the likes snotty toes, kids. yeah <laughs> and one of the carries just just wing itself constantly yeah i mean I, if nothing else i would say it was memorable visually I mean, I'm never going to forget it. I'm sure there's going to be many a night that mm. I'm waking up in the dead of night where I'm just thinking about garbage <laughs> pail kids. And turn my light on expecting a garbage pail kid to, to appear at the end of my bed or something. But I've, I've got a feeling that they're going to be images that I'm never going to be able yeah. to shake. <laughs> to be honest, it was quite disturbing well, in places. Yeah. The end of it. So, yeah, they got out and then they decide to go to the fashion show and ruin it for Tangerine. And then Manzini wants to put them back in the garbage pail so then they'll be safer there. And he's trying to do this magic trick and they just go out the door and into a car and they ride off. And it ends like that. To be fair, out of the last few stitch-ups that I've watched, this wasn't as bad. It's almost on par on... Mac and me. 
I think yeah. maybe because they're both based in the 80s. Um, I'm going to give this a 2 out of 10. 2. It's not terrible. Is, I mean, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad, but I wouldn't say I would watch it again. Awesome. Okay, you watched it. So that's four and a bounce for you so far, and that is our record. I've done four and a bounce before. You've done four and a bounce is before. It? Yes, tie record. And now we've got to find out who lost the next poll. If you lose, mm. that's five on the bounce, mate. That is an all-time record. Let's hope I don't lose this one. <laughs> Let's hope. No, let's not hope that. I want to, I don't want to watch the Stitch Up film. I do not want to watch Pinocchio's Revenge because that's what you chose for me. Um, and I chose Atlantic Rim number two for you. Mm. You put this poll on, on your Instagram. And yeah. I guess I want to know what the results are. Really? It was a total of 12 votes. I forgot to vote until like literally last minute. <laughs> um, so I could have been one of the... One of the votes that uh, made it a tie. Oh, okay. I think you should just watch. You should just watch Pinocchio Revenge. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's gonna flip something? You finding a DVD in your collection? Yeah. Or Blu-ray, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. All right, we're gonna flip the Matrix Revolutions. I'll choose. Oh God, I hope I get this right. <laughs> I'm gonna choose Picture Side. Picture side. Is that heads? Yeah, we'll call that heads. Uh, yeah. Laser side, we'll call that laser side, is tails. Picture for me to watch Pinocchio's Revenge and lasers for you to watch Atlantic Rim number two. Here we go. Toss in. You know that four no. run losing streak that you're having? Fuck you. It's over. I'm watching Pinocchio's Revenge. Yes. On the laser side. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> you look genuinely relieved. You've got your hands in your face. And it looks like you're just taking a time out and you're just breathing a sigh of sweet relief. I think, I think Atlantic Rim 1 was enough for me, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I mean, if you can't find Pinocchio Revenge for some unknown reason, then you'll have to review that film yeah. instead. Yeah. What a disaster. Oh, this this could be a little strategy, couldn't it, mm. as well, going forward. I'll have to remember this. Um, all right. So, <laughs> first time in yeah. ages, probably about six weeks, two months maybe, I've got to watch a sit-up film, and I'm going to be watching Pinocchio's Revenge. Really? So... Tune in a couple of weeks' time to hear my thoughts on Pinocchio's Revenge. We've got to pick the stitch-up films for the next poll, which we'll put on Instagram, and we'll announce where they'll be at the end of the show. And full disclosure, I've forgotten to pick something for you. Okay, I've got one. It's called Theodore Rex. Ooh, the question is... The question is... Do I allow Theodore X? Why? Because I chose it for a poll once for Albert. Oh, fuck. But, <laughs> no, it's not available anywhere, mate. I'm just looking it up on Letterboxd. All right. Next film. I've got another dinosaur film. And it's called Barney's Great Adventure, the movie. We've done it before. Have you? Albert had to watch it. No, yeah, you it was have a one, not. It was a really early episode. Albert had to watch oh, it. Oh, did I it to him, yeah. <laughs> Okay, you definitely haven't done this, <laughs> and it's also a dinosaur film. Okay, and it's it's called Jurassic School. Jurassic School. All right, I, I've never heard of it. I'm going to give a film to you. What is called Troll Two. I and I don't know much about this film, but I do know that it's horrific and it's one of, meant to be one of the worst, but also funniest films ever made. Um, is this old school Trolls or is this like quite a recent film I don't think it's Trolls as in the rubber things that go on the, the end of your pencil Ah, oh, I got all excited no I don't think so mate <laughs> I, I could be wrong but I, hopefully you'll find out on the poll where is the poll going to be Dan on my Instagram which is flick.face if you want to catch up with the show you can do at Twin Picks Pod 
also on Instagram. You can email the show at twinpixpod at gmail.com and you can support the show on Ko-fi if you want to. And we have got a YouTube channel where we just throw up the episodes just as an extra place for someone to listen to if they want to or need to. Um, and that's about it, mate. What, do you want to do some some social stuff? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Chikanika or at Nika Creative. So thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week where we're going to pick our office-based movies. And we'll catch up with you then. See you next Tuesday, Australia. Goodbye, Mr. Norris.